We old people are faster than we look. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, just quickly, if you are under 25, 25 or under, if we just do me a quick favor, I would like you to stand and come right down front just quickly. 25 and under. Anybody in the room hearing my voice, 25 and under. We're going to shake things up a little bit this morning. Um, there has been, since our staff prayer this morning, all through our service, all through the message first service, and even to now, the Lord is really weaving something just so strong in the house this morning. Let me have your eyeballs for just a minute. I'll give them back. Listen. God has something incredible in store for you in the next half hour, 45 minutes here. Listen, okay? I would like you, just for, for me, I would like you to go sit in these front seats right here. I want you to find a spot right up front. I want you to be right in the middle of what God has for you today. Okay? Just find other seats open right here. Tune in. Hearts open, ears open to everything that the Lord has prepared for us, okay? No pressure. No, it's, it, but it's true. I do. I, I shared with first service, we talked about you guys. I'm just going to put that out there, not in, a, not in a bad way. But I really believe God has something for you specifically this morning. Not that God has forgotten the rest of you, because you're a mess too. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, but we all have the potential. We all have the potential to need a big God in our lives. Whether we've done great, whether we've done poorly, yay, Ken, he feels under 25. <laughs> Anybody else who needs them some Jesus this morning, you might want to claim a couple of the front rows yourself. Because I do believe God has a word for us. I believe God has some freedom in the house. Anybody need some freedom this morning? Anybody need deliverance this morning? Anybody need a word from the Lord this morning? Because he has one for you. Yours isn't going to look like yours and yours isn't going to sound like yours. But God's going to speak specifically to some hearts today. So, now that you've sat down, can we stand one more time? We're going to get into the word. This passage of scripture... Oh my goodness, guys, let's just go where God would have us go. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have nothing... Oops. You all read it right. That are destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their false treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Now when the Lord first gave me that passage of scripture immediately he took me to this one that he had given me years ago years ago that has brought freedom into my life and so i believe god's going to tie them together even though there's a period in the wrong place here it says for it is do this do that a rule for this a rule for that a little here a little there very well then with foreign lips and strange tongues. There it is. God will speak to this people to whom he said, this is the resting place. Let the weary rest. And this is the place of repose. 
but they would not listen. So then, the word of the Lord to them will become, do this, do that, a rule for this, a rule for that, a little here, a little there, so that they go fall backward, they will be injured and snared and captured. Father, Father, I thank you, Lord, that even now you are searching the highways and byways of the hearts of your people, God. I thank you that in this moment, Father, you are in the trenches with us. I thank you, Father, that you're speaking to the real us, not the church us. I thank you, Father, that you're speaking to the one that goes home by themselves. Father, that when nobody's looking, that's who you're speaking to today, God. Not the pretty faces, the honest ones, God. I'm just asking today, Father, your word says that you search us and you know us. And Father, we give you permission to do that today. Father, search us and know us. Father, let the Holy Spirit be released to do what we cannot do. I thank you, Father, for what you're about to do. Father, I pray everything that is of me would fall. But, Father, everything that is of you would stand and remain and produce fruit. Amen. Amen. I'm going to mess with some people, okay? Mr. Camera dude or Miss Camera, I can't see. Because the reason I messed up the passage was completely God's fault. He was talking to me, going, well, okay. What are you doing up there when I told you to come down here and talk to him? And so, see, isn't it nice when when you just get obedient to God and then you can remember your notes? (laughs) Or you can battle him and not remember anything. But I want to, I just, this is, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, Father, I just I need your wisdom here today, God, because I love them. God, and I know that you have something for us today. So, Father, we just breathe in your presence. We breathe in your presence today, Father. These passages of Scripture, I want to talk to you today about a scheme of the enemy. I want to talk to you about something that the enemy does that, that we have a tendency to overlook or not pay attention to. Um, talks about rules. These passages of Scripture in in one were presented with God going, enter into my rest. In God going, I'm a good God, I'm a loving God, and this is what I have for you. But then it also says they said they would have none of it. See, because in the Christian realm, we like our rules. We want to have people to give us a list of what to do, and what not to do. We want rule on rule on rule on rule because somehow, you know, this scheme of the enemy is pervasive in the body of Christ. You understand that this passage that we just read is to Christians. It's addressing people who know God. And we have this tendency to think, well, as long as we're not doing this, then we're not being set up and being enticed or trapped into anything. You know, if somebody's getting drunk all the time or they're getting high all of the time or if they're sleeping around, you, those people kind of know, hey, this is not a really good direction for me to be taking. You're kind of aware of those things. But there's this other thing that the enemy uses that he uses with the body of Christ and he uses it with the young people all of the time. And it's this trap of perfectionism. I'm messing with their lighting. 
It's this trap of perfectionism. What do we need to do, guys? All right. See, some of you are sitting in the dark spiritually. (laughs) We'll just use everything in us an analogy this morning. But what the enemy does is he sets you guys... He sets you guys up that have been raised in Christian church, uh, Christian homes, who've been in, in the Word, been in the youth group all of your life, and he sets you up with this thing called perfectionism. And he goes, you got to be right all the time. you got to do this right all the time. All the time you got to be good. And you know what, parents, we feed into it because they're like, this is my little angel. Stop calling them that. Stop calling them that. You're setting them up. You're not speaking life over them when you say that. This is my little perfect baby. This is my this is my that. And what happens is the enemy uses that in your minds. And I'm just going to tell you because that's what he used in mine. I grew up in the church. So that when you, your mom and dad's little perfect angel, goes and does something they shouldn't do, here comes the enemy. And see, this passage, it says injured, snared, and captured. Injured, snared, and captured. And I believe God, the Holy Spirit said, pay attention to this progression. And I want you to pay attention to this progression. It's important, okay? This is important. I've been traveling with my sisters, sidebar. I know you all missed me terribly the last few weeks, and some of you are going, she was gone. (laughs) I was gone. We were traveling. We went out west. We went out west and I saw some beautiful things and and it was one of those trips that my mom, before she passed, she wanted me and my sisters to take this trip to see these things together and to bond and at least that's what my sisters told me. Mama never told me that, but I'm trusting that, that they were telling me the truth. Anyway, so we went out west and we saw the most beautiful things. I'm telling you, I was just captivated by the beauty and the wonder of God. We went to Sedona. Guys, if you ever get a chance to go to Sedona, it's got some weird spiritual stuff going on. But man, are those mountains beautiful. Man, it's just the most beautiful scenery. We spent a couple of days at the Grand Canyon. Can you even... Talk about a humbling experience to go, and that's the God that I serve. I mean, it was just something else. I mean, we went through desert that was just beautiful. I, I don't know how the desert can be beautiful, but it was. It was just one of those breathtaking things. And, and then they decided we were going to go to Vegas. And I would love to tell you about that, but... Don't believe that garbage. We're going to talk about Vegas. (laughs) I'm that person that will, what happened in Vegas is not staying in Vegas. I'm not conforming. But we're going to get back to Vegas. Because I want to talk to you about these three things first. The enemy sets us up with this thing of perfectionism of like, oh, you broke the rule. You've messed up. You've done this. You've done that. And you are injured. And that is the definition that we are working with here in this passage of Scripture when it says so that they are injured. All of these rules are taking place. And all of those rules become harsh taskmasters because none of us can do it all, right? None of us can get them all right. 
None of us are going to be able to meet this point. And so those rules become harsh taskmasters to us. And all of a sudden, they sound like God to us when they have nothing to do with God. It's just this religion thing that we've done. Because see, if you can be, if you're drinking or, or bound by whatever it is, you kind of have a clue. But if you're just walking in perfectionism and being set up for something, you can feel all holy the whole time that you're being led into a trap. Oh, I got that right. I was at church this Sunday. I was at church Wednesday night. The rest of y'all were not there Wednesday night. And uh, we can get this pious thing going on. But this word injured or wounded, it talks about being degraded. Degraded. There are many meanings to it, but specifically the Holy Spirit hovered around this word degraded because it means to cause to live at a level lower than. It means to rob of a title or take away a position that was due to someone. To disgrace them. To discredit them. To dishonor them. And see, that's the tool that the enemy uses in your life. That's the tool that the enemy uses because you want to be that angel. You want to be perfect. And you want your parents to think you're perfect. And parents, you want to think that they're perfect. And so what happens is this wall gets built so that when they blow it, and they're going to, and probably already have many of them, because I have, and you have, And what happens is the enemy sets them up and makes them feel like they can't come to you when they've messed up. But even more so, because there's God involved in this, now you feel like you can't go to God. And you can't go and be forgiven and receive what God has for you because all of the Christian rules said you shouldn't have never done that. And so you got this kid or this adult that's degraded, that is living at a level less than they were designed to because you don't know how to get free. You don't know how. One of the enemy's favorite things to do, guys, is take a daughter of God, a daughter of the king, and turn her into a slave. He loves to take the young lions. He loves to take the sons of God and cause them to lie down and sleep by pig troughs. Because if he can do that, 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 I mean, that is just, he's won that one. He's won that one. But that's not what God has for you. That's not what God has for you. And so when the Lord was saying, injured, snared, and captured, I'm like, okay, but God, why is that progression important? Why is that progression important? And, and I heard my grandmother had a flashback to my grandmother saying, I'd gone to her because I had this hound dog. His name was Bum. My daddy named him that because he kept stealing our bologna sandwiches. <laughs> like, like we shouldn't be grateful for that. Um, and the name just stuck and, and Bum was hiding in the woods and I went to, to my grandmother and I said, Greedy, why does, why does Bum keep staying in the woods just because daddy ran over him three times? He was insulted the second time. The third time, he was angry. But uh, my grandmother said, uh, Joe, because she called me that and you all are not allowed to, she said, Joe, when an animal's wounded, when they're hurt, they've got to go off by themselves. 
Because they don't want nobody seeing them suffer. They also don't want nobody seeing that they're weak. In case their enemy should come up on them, they don't want to look weak. And so they isolate. And I thought, oh God, there it is. There it is. If the enemy can injure you, if he can cause you to just fall just, just once, if you can mess up and blow it and not be mommy and daddy's little darling one time, that's when the enemy comes and you, you just want to go isolate. You want to go hide. You want to go to uh, somehow get away. Because somehow the body of Christ has become an unsafe place for you in your mind, in your spirit. You don't feel like you can go to mom and dad. Or you don't feel like you can go to the body of Christ and tell them that you've messed up. Because you're supposed to be, be doing really good here. And so you isolate And when you isolate, man, does the enemy come. Man, does the enemy come. And he just comes and confirms to you how bad you are. Well, you've really blown it this time. That whole youth group thought you were something else. And now they've posted that picture on Instagram and Snapchat put that video out of you. Now everybody's seen it. They're never going to think the same of you. They're never, and the enemy is just relentless and he will not shut up. He will not shut up. He will push every one of your buttons telling you how bad you are, how bad you have been, and you take it because religion has told you that you don't have access to God anymore because you have sinned. You've messed up. You need to go and and be by yourself. God does not hear you. What a lie. What a lie. If I've got one of my kids being really good and one of mine that is in a ditch, which one do you think I'm spending time on? Which one do you think I'm pursuing? They can go be happy by themselves. I'm going after the ditches. I'm going after the one that's in trouble. Don't let the enemy tell you that God does not hear you. If you have messed up, if you have blown it, if you have sinned and you have fallen, I want you to do so. Don't run from God. Run to Him. Run to Him. Let it be stopped in its progression. Because if you don't run to God, what the enemy will do, (laughs) what the enemy will do is he's going to add to it now. He's going to add to it now. You're not just wounded. You're not just injured. You've not just messed up. Now you've snared. Now, because you've known God before and you've known the peace of God and you've known what it's like to be in his presence and now you've messed up and you feel like you can't come into his presence anymore, you know what happens most of the time? You start self-medicating. And let me tell you something. There is not enough alcohol in the world to make you forget that you once belonged to God. You can try and drown it. It's not going to go away. There's not enough weed in the world to mellow you out enough to forget God. That fragrance of God, that that drawing, that peace that you felt in His presence, you will never find with them. You will never find with them. And, And here's the thing. When I say you isolate, you can isolate in the middle of a party behind a bottle of Jack Daniels and you're still alone. Or you can isolate on a platform with 20 people backing you up with a band and still be all alone. 
Because your walls are up and you're done and your communication with God is zero. You can still sing when you have no relationship. You can even still teach from those things you have known and not be walking them out. So you're captured. I'm sorry. So you're snared now. And there's this attachment. And this is, this is where the analogy of, you know, even an animal will go and will, will isolate and get by themselves when they're wounded. This is where the analogy breaks down. Because an animal is smart enough when it is snared to chew its own foot off to get free. If it has to, it will fight. It will fight for all it's worth to get out of that trap. It's not going to sit there and go, man, if that wildebeest hadn't run this way, I wouldn't be trapped right now. I sure hope none of my friends see me in this mess. But that's what we do. I wish, I, I wish if my mom had only treated me different, I wouldn't be in this mess right now. If my dad hadn't left... My dad must be the one responsible for this mess I'm in. Grow up. We've all got a reason. We've all got excuses. But we also have this really big, powerful God who is able to deliver us, who did deliver us in most cases. But Scripture talks about those that run back to their vomit, and that's their word. That's their word. I didn't choose that word. But you know what's funny? As, a, as, a, as, as an injured animal, really all they're experiencing is pain and fear. And all they can think is, I want to get free, I want to get free, I want to get free. We, on the other hand, have a tendency when snared or captured to wallow. Does anyone see me here? <laughs> we go roll around in those ashes for a while. Waiting for someone else to set us free. Waiting for someone else to explain how we got in that mess because it's obviously not our fault. What if you just went, God, set me free. God, I ran in here of my own volition. God, I was, I was pretty stupid here. I chose this. But God, I choose you now. I choose you now. God, set me free. Don't you know that if he will break the bars for Paul and Silas, that he will break those for you? But you got to voice that. If you don't, you're snared, you're wounded, you're injured. The next step is captivity. The next step is captivity. So many of the lions you see in zoos or in places, if they're not bred in captivity, they've been captured and placed there. So much mighty potential now caged. See, the enemy wants to hurt you. He wants to wound you. He wants you to blow it just one time. Or maybe you've been blowing it for a long time. And so you don't feel like you have access to God. God hears you. God hears you. You don't want to be captured. You want to be free. There's so much potential in God. Now let's go back to Vegas. Y'all want to go to Vegas with me? Metaphorically, because I don't think I'm ever going back there personally. I have determined I have lived a very sheltered life. 
I would like to keep it that way. So much brokenness. If I can, can describe it, if I can describe what I experienced there, I have to tell you, I didn't see the joy and laughter. I didn't see all of this stuff they put on the commercials, you know, people standing at the roulette wheel, jumping up and down, excited. No, I saw more weeping at the roulette wheel. Not that I was at the roulette wheel. I don't know how to play that, so... But pretty much everything in Vegas has a casino in it. You can walk in McDonald's and spin a wheel. But, so, but the basement of the hotel where we were staying, so every day I got to walk through more of a desert than I drove through. So many broken people, so many injured and snared and captured but you know what? That's not really what broke my heart. I need a band member somewhere. Just Tammy. Tammy, if she's in the room, I just need you at the keyboard. That isn't what broke my heart because you know what? You expect sinners to sin. There is no shock to that. If, if somebody's messed up and damaged and, and, and they make no proclamation of Christ, you expect them to behave like sinners, right? What broke my heart... What got me is, I don't, and I don't know if you've ever been there before, but on both sides of the road, if you want to cross over to the other side, there are sky bridges. And there's this mass of humanity. You feel like you're being herded somewhere rather than walking somewhere. And you have to go up these sky bridges in order to come down on the opposite side. And we wanted to see the fountains, you know. And um, we were going to dinner and the first night, man, we go up this sky bridge and, and I mean, there's so many talented people there. Seriously, guys, so many. But we go up this sky bridge and we come down the other side and there are these people there and they've got this huge cross, just this huge wooden cross and they've got these big t-shirts on and they're carrying megaphones. And as you come down that escalator, there's no way to escape them. And they are yelling, you are going to hell. God hates you. You deserve hell. Oh my gosh. Guys, that first night, it was like hitting this wall coming down those steps. I was mortified. I was so embarrassed for the case of Christ because the God that these broken, hurting, wounded people were being presented with was a God who cared nothing for their pain, who had no hope for them. He had nothing for them except disdain. And they're yelling this and I'm just thinking, oh, they just they don't know that God loves them. They're broken, they're wounded, they're degraded, and you're telling them that this God that I know hates them. And that's that's this message that's going out into the world because we're not testifying, we're not talking about the love of God, we're not sharing that. I was walking across this bridge. We were going to dinner one night. And there was this teenager there. There was this kid there. He's probably 14 or 15 years old. I'm just guessing. Looked about maybe Sam's height. 
And he has this guitar in his hand, this beaten up guitar in his hand. And he is singing. I have never, ever heard a voice like this. I have never encountered that kind of talent in my life, ever. This kid should have been at Carnegie. He was so gifted. And me, who is real cautious about giving money to people who might use it for whatever, I'm digging in my purse because I just want, I wanted, I wanted to give him money. He was so gifted. On our return trip from having eaten dinner, we start up that bridge and start across that bridge. And there's this kid, this beautiful, talented, amazing kid. And he's laying in the dirt on the side of that bridge with his arms around that old guitar. Masses of potential laying in the dirt with the world walking by him. And then, all of a sudden, I could hear, I I mean, I'm so focused, and and then I could hear it, I could hear that stupid voice, I'm sorry I'm using that word, under the bridge with that megaphone, screaming, God hates you. You deserve hell. And I thought, this kid is going to bed every single night with somebody telling him that God hates him. This kid is going to bed. This this beautiful, talented kid is going to bed every night with someone screaming, you deserve hell. And then I thought, in my spirit, you know what? You don't have to be laying on the side of a bridge for the enemy to be screaming that at you. You don't have to be broken in order for the enemy to be using that tactic with you. Coming at you going, you've blown it. You've messed up. Now God's mad at you. But I've come to you this morning with a different message. I want to tell you, I don't care how many times you've fallen. I don't care what you have done. I don't care how bad it's gotten. I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. I don't care about any of that. If you know nothing else, I want you to know that God loves you. You have not fallen so far that he can't reclaim you. All of that potential, all of that promise that God has for you, it's not gone. It's not gone. So while the enemy wants you injured, and snared and captured you have a God who wants you healed and whole and free today you don't need to go home and think oh I should have you don't need to go home because the minute you walk out the enemy's going to come at you again you are in a safe place today You are in a safe place today. We walked this church this morning. We anointed this place this morning. The enemy has no room here. He has no place here. And so I'm believing God this morning for restoration. If you are one of those that has been listening to the voice of the enemy tell you how bad you are, how bad it is, I want you to come and I want you to just kneel at the altar. I want you to just come and find a place 
and I know he's not the only one. Because this isn't about somebody praying for you. This is about you talking to a God who loves you. A God who loves you. Now, if you have somebody down here, you need to be behind them praying for them. We're going to ask God for his anointing. Father, Father, it's, it's my heart that not one would leave bound today. That not one would leave injured or snared or captured. I'm asking that the Holy Spirit fill this space in the name of Jesus. I'm asking for people to be set free in the name of Jesus. I'm asking, Father, for a new hope to enter into this space today. God, as we pray, we need your anointing. Father, I ask that your anointing would fall in wave upon wave upon wave. And now you may not be one of these, but if you have one of these, if you have a child who doesn't know him, if you have someone that you love that's been captured or injured, I want you to find your place behind them. And I want you to intercede for them that God would set them free with the knowledge that they have a God who loves them. Elders, if you would come pray with those behind them, I would be most grateful. And the rest of us, we are going to sing. Go ahead, Tammy. Jesus. You're anointing. God, we need your touch. Lord, we need to feel your presence. Let it fill this place right now. Let it pour. Let it pour.
for these, God. Just extend your hands forward for a moment. Let's intercede, because there are some bondages being broken in this house today. And if it was you and you needed to break free, you would want somebody praying for all of that you're worth. God, for each one, this condemnation, Father, I come against the spirit of condemnation in the name of Jesus. That would keep them from approaching you, from coming to you. I'm asking that your love just saturate them right now. In the name of Jesus. I'm asking for a very personal encounter with you today, God. It's not about the people around them, God. It's them and you today, God. I just ask that you heal them. Transform them. Let them know that they have a God who loves them. Open access in the name of Jesus. Jesus. switch places with you I want to close with one thing and I want y'all to sing it with me because this is what matters at the end of the day if you have when all is said and done up there when all is said and done and everyone is gone Lord, you're really all I want. When the best this world has just leaves me feeling numb. Lord, you're really all I want. All that I long for, 
you've done this morning we thank you that you are always about setting the captives free and you are always about reminding us of the precious blood the precious love everything that you've given so father for each of those today who were brave enough to fight who were brave enough to kick against the snares who were honest enough to go I need help Father, I think that you that you are rushing into their lives like a mighty river. I thank you that the lion is going to roar in their lives. I thank you, Father, that the voice of the enemy is being silenced. And I thank you, Father, that they will never be bound again in this. And we thank you for it in the mighty, precious name of Jesus. And the body of Christ says, Amen. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I guess you need a blessing. So the blessing is this. God has given you a word that will set the captive free. Go forward and testify in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.